for today. I thank you for these ladies. I thank you for uh, what we're going to hear from you today. And Lord, Holy Spirit, I just give you full sway that you would speak uh, to me, that you would change my heart, and that you would change the women's hearts. You know their hearts. You know what they need to hear, Lord. So take it in specific and make it something that uh, is tangible in their life, that they can see you and feel you and hear from you. I praise you that we can be promise-centered because that's who you are and you can't be anything else but and not continually pour out our problems but with that, with thanksgiving because we know that we know that the promises stand true now and forever. And so Jesus... We shout a big hallelujah to you, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. All right, so we ended up with Daniel, uh, the the first chapter, which actually is the introduction of Daniel. And uh, we found that Daniel, in the the end of Daniel 1, uh, I forget what the last verse is, but he said that Daniel continued into the year, uh, the first year of King Cyrus. And so we, we read that Daniel's, whole career was this incredible successful career in the midst of horrendous circumstances in the midst of horrendous circumstances he remained absolutely faithful absolutely true to his faithful God because he had what resolve because he had resolve because he had purpose in his heart he had resolved that this is the way he was going to walk, now walk ye in it. Okay, and so that's what he did, that's what he continued to do, and when he came to a cliff, he totally ran to God, because he knew that the only way over the cliff, off the cliff, staying at the cliff, would be that God would do it. And he trusted him totally. And so... uh, when we ended with Daniel 1, you know, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego showed that their inner conviction overcomes any outer pressure. Remember? Inner conviction overcomes any outer pressure. And our question is, you know, are we, are we Daniels? Are we there? Do our inner convictions overcome any outer pressure? Because that's our faith. Our inner convictions and our, 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 is our faith. And so when, when the Holy Spirit, is, when we're being led by the Holy Spirit, we're keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, and our faith is growing up, and we allow Him to lead, and we just keep in step with Him, what happens is our inner conviction grows and grows and grows and grows. And just by the volume of that, what happens is, is the outer pressure doesn't cave us in. It's not that we're mustering up, trying to do right, trying to do this, trying to make our kids obey, trying to make this, you know, trying to um, have our finances right, trying to get healthy, trying this, trying all this, because that doesn't work. All the mustering and trying. Remember the apple I always talk about? The apple on the end of an apple tree doesn't sit and go like this. (laughs) To try to make its fruit, right? The fruit comes from where? The roots. The roots. A good tree bears what? Good fruit. It just happens. And so that's the same thing with your inner conviction. Your inner conviction, the good fruit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such thing there's no law. So it just keeps on, just keeps on, keeps on, and pushes back the outer pressure. As well as the light in you pushes back darkness. 
right? Because he that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. That's how Daniel walked. That's how we are to walk. And, and he and his friends um, saw that God-honoring convictions yield God-given rewards. God-honoring convictions yield God rewards, right? And so, and so not only are, do we get to see the miraculous here, right, and be blessed here, but, you know, he's got it all planned for us there. So it's win-win, no matter what your circumstances look like. Right now. Right now. Because he gives us grace for the moment. Grace for the moment. Grace for right now. And so, and so it, at, with the end of that introduction, and then we went into Daniel 2, which then goes into the famous Nebuchadnezzar dream, the dreams of, of this image. And so, if you open your Bibles to Daniel 2, uh, we're going to look at, in depth, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Now, Nebuchadnezzar is, is who, guys? Let's review who he is. Who's Big Nebi? He's of what? Of, of what? Uh, of where? Babylon. Okay. What was going on? What, what was Babylon about? Were they, a, were they a good country or a bad country? Right. Overtakers. They besieged everybody, right? They besieged everybody. In fact, I was looking up uh, about, I want to read this to you about Babylon. I want you to realize how powerful Babylon was. I mean, in Nebuchadnezzar's day, Nebuchadnezzar was an absolute monarchy. Thanks, honey. Was an absolute monarchy. I mean, he ruled. He was the best monarch that there ever has been. Okay. Now, he wasn't God's monarch, okay? All right. But he was the best monarch when you would look at it that, that there has ever been. So, Babylon was this incredibly um, powerful, powerful nation. Great. Will that hold it up, hon? All right. Why don't you try that? It will... It will uh, Will that hold that on? All right. So Babylon is this incredible, powerful nation. Okay, now listen to what it says because, uh, you know, prophecy has talked about Babylon forever and ever and ever. However, listen to this. Hold on. All right. The remains of Sodom and Gomorrah are buried under the waters of the southern tip of the Dead Sea, and they found Babylon buried under 70 feet of mud, sand, and rubble. The city was surrounded by three separate walls, 22 feet, 25 feet, and 12 feet thick, running approximately 14 miles long on all four sides. They found the tower. It was built in a form of terraces. The lowest one was 288 feet square, and the total height of the building was also estimated to have been 288 feet. 58 million bricks, thanks, hun. 58 million bricks went into the construction of it. The most splendid thoroughfare of the ancient world led in a straight line from the Ishtar Gate of Babylon to the tower or temple. Nebuchadnezzar himself describes it as this. Iber Shabu, the street of Babylon, I filled with high fill for the procession of the Lord, great Lord Marduk. Remember? Marduk is who? Idol, right? They're idolly worshipped, okay? And with um, Termibanda stones and Shadu stones, I made this Albu Shabu from the Holy Gate to Ishtar Sakapade Bishka, fit for the procession of his godliness, okay? So he is proclaiming this incredible long thoroughfare for his quote-unquote Lord God Marduk, small g, okay? On each of the slabs with which the street was paved is inscribed, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, son of Nebopolassar, remember he died? King of Babylon am I. 
Do you see that? Am I? Is that, is that a cool switch? Am I? Who is God? I am. I am. Okay? Am I? The Babel Street I paved with shadow slabs for this procession of the great Lord Marduk. Marduk, Lord, grant eternal life. All right. So um, when, when you are thinking of, of Babylon, I want you to think of an incredible city that arose and then, of course, was prophesied that it would be no more. And, of course... It was no more. Everybody was like, it can't be no more. I mean, do you realize what this was? I mean, I just read a portion of what it was, right? That it can't possibly be anymore. And then it was no more. Um, in fact, um, we have the words pronounced against Babylon by the prophet Isaiah before Nebuchadnezzar had come on the scene with all his remarkable feats of engineering. In Isaiah 14, verse 4, and then 22 and 23, it says, And it shall come to pass that thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, How hath the oppressor ceased, the golden city ceased? For I will rise up against them, saith the Lord of hosts, and, and, and out, and what? And cut of from Babylon the name and remnant and son and nephew, saith the Lord. I will also make it a possession for the bittern, the pools of water, and I will sweep it with the bosom of destruction. Again, the prophet writes in uh, Jeremiah and Isaiah, And Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency, shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It shall never be inhabited from generation to generation. Okay? Ever, 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 ever again. It will never, ever be inhabited. What need for further evidence of the historical accuracy of the Bible and for the fulfillment of its prophecies? They have been fully vindicated in the case of Babylon after 2,600 years. But time is always on God's side, never on man's. And time is still on God's side. For within 50 years of the discovery of its ruins, nature was already clawing Babylon back to her grave and steadily vanished. There may be some who think they can restore this great Babylon, but time will tell whether their plans will succeed. And the word of God tells us it shall never be inhabited. Isaiah thirteen twenty, okay. So I, I give you just a glimpse of what this city is and what he tried to make it into. And here's Daniel and his buddies, right, who love God with their whole heart, soul, mind, and strength in the middle of this uh, horrendous circumstance. And God has trusted them uh, with King Nebuchadnezzar. And if you remember, he was a gruesome king, an absolute gruesome king. He uh, well, you'll find out even in his dream here. Let's, let's read this and then we'll, we'll go into the uh, interpretation. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they had came in, when they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will interpret it. Now I want you to know that this chapter 2 through chapter 7 is the only place in the word of God that's written in Aramaic. Everything else is in Hebrew and Greek. And the reason it's written in original Aramaic is because that's what the Babylonians spoke. Okay, And so uh, from here all the way through chapter 7, it is written in Aramaic. The king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream and inter- if you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. 
Once more they replied, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I am certain that you are trying to gain time, because you realize that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is just one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king, There is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live, what? Among men. Okay? Yahweh God's setting this up, right? Yahweh God's setting this up. It's like, okay, keep, keep talking. Keep talking. That's good. That's good. Watch me work. Glory's mine. Okay, this made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon, all the wise men, right, which would include Daniel and his buddies. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. When Ariak, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact, right, in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of the trouble once again. What does Daniel do? Speaks with wisdom and tact. God. God in the midst of it, right? God in the midst of it. He, the Holy Spirit, whoo, wisdom intact. I'm going to be put to death. You know what? I'm speaking in wisdom intact because I know God goes before me. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Ariok then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning the mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of of, uh, Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. You've given me wisdom and power. You've made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Let's just stop there. Uh, for a minute before we go into the um, interpreting because I want I want you to back up for a minute with me and and just look at this okay because because here's Daniel and and um, Nebuchadnezzar is extremely disturbed and and so his spirit will not let him sleep so he figures out that this has got to be a very important dream that's going on okay because he cannot sleep okay so he's tossing and turning and he sends for who his goons, right? His goons, okay? All the wise men, quote-unquote, okay? But you have to remember, the, the magicians are, are diviners, okay? In other words, they use charts, they use magical designs to answer questions, to answer people's questions, okay? And so those were the magicians. He sent for the sorcerers. Those guys practiced black magic, okay? Like an art uh, contacting the dead to discover the future. Okay, he, he sent for the Chaldeans. Now, the Chaldeans, there are two words of Chaldeans used. It's like if you use two, two, and two, you know, T-W-O, T-O, T-O-O, okay? There's Chaldeans and Chaldeans. Chaldeans, one, is a race. This is not the race, okay? The Chaldeans here, these are the people who are in charge, who go before the king for the astrologers, for the magicians, for the sorcerers, sort of as... You know, we'll take the hit for you. We're sort of the, the head of all this, like the supervisors of all these guys. Okay? 
And so, and so they they go um, before all of them and, and ask like as a group. And, and I should say not ask, but uh, represent. They represent the group. So he sends for these guys because these guys are the best that he has. Okay, because remember he's worshiping Marduk, who is you know small G God, who's chiseled out of stone, who who is not Yahweh God. Okay, and so they're trying to conjure up. The spirits. Okay, now I want to tell you, ladies, there's a spirit world. You do know that. There is the Holy Spirit, and then there's principalities and powers that Jesus has already conquered. Okay, so you do not contact the spirit world. You do not do tarot cards. You do not go to anything with summoning dead. You do not look at astrology. You do not go and look at all. Because what you're doing is you are summoning the spirit world. Even though Jesus is in complete control, you are inviting them in. You may not do that. Because you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, Remember, the Holy Spirit has to fill you. You are made of spirit, soul, mind, body. Okay? And your spirit communes with the Holy Spirit. But your spirit can commune with other spirits. Okay? And so you do not allow any of those other spirits any way around you in any kind of, of you know, astrology, sorcerer, magician, um, um, reading tarot cards, doing palm stuff, uh, Ouija boards, anything like that that is from the spirit world and it is to be rebuked in Jesus' name. Absolutely in Jesus' name. That is nothing to fool around with. Um, you will see time and time again as the, as the disciples walked this earth, all the time in the beginning they were given authority, authority to drive out demons. They were given authority to drive out the spirit world. Authority, because it was so prevalent. Okay, And as you walk, you must walk as he that's in me is greater than he that's in the world. Okay, because you have to remember that Jesus, we are already seated in the heavenlies with him. He says in Hebrews, we are seated in the heavenlies with him. That means that he is the head. He says he's the head. We are his body, right? We are the body of Christ. Hi, sweetie. We are the body of Christ. So we are seated in the heavenlies with him. He is the head. We are his body. Okay, as he's the head and we're the body, what can we do to principalities and powers? Absolutely. Absolutely. We can absolutely step on them because he's our head, we're the body, we're seated already with them, so we are above the line and so we can absolutely, in all authority, kick at him. There's absolutely no power around us. Don't play with fire. I'm telling you, do not go anywhere, do not let your children do anything like that. You are asking for the spirit world, which is not the Holy Spirit, to be invited into your home, to be invited into your area. It is very serious. If you have ever done that, you need to renounce it. You need to absolutely rebuke it. You need to ask for forgiveness. And you need to you know, pray over it so that you, know, you will be able to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. All right? Thank you, Jesus. Because he's already, it's already finished. It's already done. But let me tell you, they'll want to come along as an accuser, this, 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 and all, and, and try to get at you. But they have no power. They have no power because we are the body of Christ and we can we put down all principalities as it says in Philippians. Okay? So just because it happened in Daniel's time doesn't mean that it's not happening now. <laughs> doesn't mean that it's not happening now. And the closer we get 
to the end times, the closer we get, when that trumpet's closer and closer, more and more to that angel's mouth, I am telling you, there's going to be more and more. Because they're madder and hatters. Okay? But they don't win. They haven't won, and they will not win. So don't invite them to win in your life. Okay? Don't invite them. Because they have no power, unless you give it to them. All right? And so Daniel, you know, said, right, what's this? Yeah, it's stone, it's that, it's this. Of course, he didn't say that to them. He was very gracious. He was very full of, of the Spirit when he, when he spoke. You know, he wasn't obnoxious for Jesus. Remember we talked about that last week? You're not obnoxious for Jesus, right? You are, are full of his grace, full of his love, full of his mercy, right? And, and so uh, he realizes that these guys have, you know, practiced this black magic. They've done all this astrologer stuff. They've done all this. And, and, um, and, and he realizes that Nebuchadnezzar is not only asking to interpret the dream, remember, but to what? Tell me the dream. All right, now Joseph interpreted dreams, but Joseph never told them the dream. Okay, so this is this is something that God had already given him. Remember, in, back in Daniel one, He'd already given him this that He was given all all power, all power to interpret and and no dreams. Okay, so even before Daniel's just walking around, walking along, doing the next right thing, next right thing, right smack dab in the middle of God's will, has no idea Nebuchadnezzar's going to have a dream, does he? No idea. Okay, boom, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. Second year, second year. Remember, remember, the, you know, this wasn't like the next day. Okay, you've been given this power. Now, next day you do Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, no, just remember this is in the second year. Okay, so meanwhile, you know he calls in all of his goons. All of his goons can't do anything because all of his goons are pushing each other up, going, "You, you, you do it. You know that stuff. Do whatever you do." No, I, I can't do that. You do that, right? And they're all doing the "you do, you do" kind of thing, and they're all trying to buy time. Nebuchadnezzar knows it, right? He gets madder. Matter than ever, trying to buy time. And so what is he? He goes to the extreme, right? I love this. He always goes to the extreme. It's not like, okay, well, I'll give you a time and why don't you come back? No, he goes, if you don't tell me, what's going to happen? I'm going to catch the pieces. Okay, all right, excellent. Great employer, excellent. All right, so you're going to cut me. Thank you so much. Okay, guys, we better get our heads on here because we're not going to have them soon. All right, so... So, um, and so meanwhile, the wise men explained the impossibility to Nebuchadnezzar that this isn't going to happen. That, that, that nobody could possibly answer this. Nobody. Nobody. Because God's, what, what does it say? God's aren't among who? It, the God dwells among who? Men. Okay, so meanwhile, G-O-D, right? God dwells, right? Matthew 7, right? Emmanuel, God what? With us. God with us. God with us. So that's how Daniel's walking. Okay? God with us. Okay? And so he's telling them, or I should say, they're telling him, okay, there's, there's absolutely not a man on earth who can tell the king this stuff. And, and, and the true revelation is what they're saying. When it really comes down to it, it's God, G-O-D, that can reveal. Okay? Because there's not a man on earth can do that. Okay, and so and so they are saying only capital G O D can do that. Okay, because it's not the achievement of man that they're summoning all these spirits. It's it's God who sees all, is in all, right? I mean, and He's gone before all. So it's Yahweh God. Okay, and so despite all of their quote unquote wisdom, their real or their imagined wisdom, okay, these wise men had like no answer for Nebuchadnezzar. None. They had no answer. And you have to remember, guys, there are probably, 
you know, 20 to 50 of these guys. It wasn't just, you know, one, two, three, four of them. He, you know, I mean, when Nebuchadnezzar did it up, he did it up big. You know, when they served all the big, you know, foods and everything, oh, it was big, big, best, 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 right? I mean, look how he made that thoroughfare even for Marduk. Okay, I mean, he did everything big. So he had lots of these guys around him. And none of them, none of them could, could achieve this through themselves. Okay, so... So what they're trying to do then is they're trying to convince Nebuchadnezzar you're being very unreasonable, King Nebi. Very unreasonable because there's no way that any man could be able to do this because they're trying to save their lives. Okay, um, They were not admitting that they were incompetent. Okay, So they were going to the excuse and blame. Ever been there? Excuse and blame, right? Well, it's not this. It's, it's, you, know, you excuse yourself and then you blame somebody else. You excuse yourself and you blame, right? And that's what they were doing. They were in the whole excuse and blame situation. Okay, and then he says, except the gods that, that whose dwelling is not flesh. Okay, so it, meanwhile, as far as all these, remember these guys are pagan. They're, they're unbelievers, okay? They, they do not know Yahweh God, okay? They are not imputed as righteousness. But they're saying, okay, you know, Except the gods whose whose dwelling is not with the flesh, okay? They they did not know what we know so plainly in Jesus, as I just stated, that Emmanuel is God with us, right? As Matthew one twenty three says. So Nebuchadnezzar now gets furious. He is just fit to be tied. I would love to have been like a little mouse watching this guy, okay? And he sentences all the wise men to death quote-unquote wise men, right, to death. And that means that includes Daniel and all the Hebrew guys and all his buddies, right? So now they're sentenced to death. So, all right, Nebuchadnezzar knows that false religious is worse than useless. Are you following me? He knows that false religious is worse than useless, okay? And this is really bugging him. So that's why he now puts a mandate out, that's it, I'm done. That's it. In fact, you know what I think was happening with him too? Remember when Napopolazar, his daddy, died, okay? He was besieging, he was in the middle of besieging Jerusalem, okay? Nebuchadnezzar was, remember? He was over there besieging Jerusalem, and he had to quickly stop because his daddy died, not to come and mourn him, remember, but just to come and take over the throne. Okay, so now what happens is, is that, is that these are all, all these goons are, Nebuch- are Nebuchadnezzar's goons, and so I think Nebuchadnezzar is seeing, hey, this is now my reign. It's just the second year of my reign. They're not working for me. They're not telling my dream and the interpretation. And so, because you guys, you have to remember, if they just told the interpretation and Nebuchadnezzar told the dream, would there be anything to really base it on that this isn't the interpretation? No, there'd be nothing. But if they have to tell the dream and the interpretation. Nebuchadnezzar knows his dream. So then he'll know if it's true or not. So he's putting him on the spot. So, so I believe that in his heart of hearts, what's happening too is he wants to make the playing field, you know, flat again and get rid of all the goons that had been Napopolazars and start all over again because he puts the decree out. Okay, we're gonna kill all you guys, all the wise men of, of here, because obviously you ain't wise because you can't do this. Okay, all right. So this is where he is, and and so now. But God, right? Da-da-da-da, right? My two favorite words, but God. Okay, so it's looking really bad, right? It's really dark. No one else can answer this except God. And so what do you do? What do you do? Do you, do you panic? Do you, do you worry? Do you fear? 
Do you run to everybody else and start saying, oh, we're in big trouble? What do you do? You pray. Or you like Daniel. Or you like Daniel. Daniel walked in into the midst of it with a great big guy. Great big guy. Stood there. Hey. Okay. Why don't you give me a little bit of time? And I'll come back. And I'll not only tell you the dream, but I'll interpret it. Well, God is all you have. God is all you need. He stood there. Before God said, if you don't do it, nobody else can. That's faith. That's faith that will move mountains or crumble mountains or have the mountain come to you. you and I've seen you work and I know who you are and I know that you are faithful and you will receive glory and power and honor and so I'm going to stand in that gap because it's you in me and I'm going to say okay let's go for it let's go for it and so he goes before King Nebuchadnezzar and he says uh, okay and Nebi says okay I'll give you some time on that. He gives him a brief extension. And uh, Ariok was the was guy who was uh, there. And, and uh, you know, you have to remember that, that Daniel is innocent in all of this. That's very important. Daniel had nothing to do with not being able to do this. And then the incredible tirade of Nebuchadnezzar. He was innocent in all this. But he stepped in to the muck and mire. That's what you do. That's what you do when you trust God. You step into it. Because you know that you know that you're not going to fail because he's not going to fail. He's not going to deny himself. He can't deny himself, it says. Right? He's who he is. And he will show himself. And so he steps into the middle of it and he calmly and he discreetly deals with the crisis calmly and discreetly deals with the crisis. Doesn't go crazy. Doesn't call these people out on their disbelief, on their unbelief, on their paganism. He just goes calmly and sweetly and discreetly into the muck and mire. And he stands there knowing that God's going to come through. Remember, we're on the other side reading this. Okay, Get into Daniel. He's standing there knowing that he knows that he knows that God is a deliverer and he will deliver either him in it or out of it. But he will deliver and he cannot fail. And so in the calmness of this, it showed what a man Daniel really was. And if you ever are in a crisis mode where many of us are, Okay, we come and go, right? You're in a problem, you're coming out of a problem, you're in another problem, right? It's just life, right? When you're in the crisis mode, okay, the crisis doesn't make you. What happens is the crisis reveals who you are. It doesn't make you. The crisis reveals who you are in the midst. Are you Daniel? Are you saying, you know what? No weapon formed against me. Okay, prosper. 
because that's what he did. And he counted on God because he knew him. Because he knew him through and through and through. And ladies, if you don't know him through and through and through, you're never going to be able to walk through the crises in faith, in victory, and being a Daniel. Because you're going to be you know, looking everywhere else. Instead of knowing that this is who he is. And you've seen him before do this, 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 and no matter what, he will come through. And he asked, the, he asked the king to give him time. And, you know, this wasn't a stalling tactic for him now. Not like the other goons, right? This isn't a stalling tactic for him. He knew that it took time to listen to the Lord. He knew it took time. He was going to listen to him, okay, and wait upon him. And Daniel was willing to take the time if the king would grant it. And once again, the king granted it, just like he granted before, Right? With the chief, he granted before. He granted before. He had seen it before. He had seen his faithfulness before, time and time and time again. And so immediately Daniel asks all his companions for prayer. He runs and he says, okay, guys, here's the deal. Okay, you and I need to seek mercies, mercies from heaven, not getting what we deserve. This is what he says we deserve and we want to ask, not getting what we deserve. And you seek mercies from heaven. And so this is where we are. And he was in the type of situation, Daniel was in the type of situation where only God could meet his need. Only God. See, God likes to take you to the point where only God can meet your need. And he says, here I am. Here I am, go ahead. Go ahead. Walk by faith, step over the line. Really, I'm here. I'm here. It's not blind faith. This is, this is faith in me. Where only God can absolutely meet the need. And therefore, he knew how important it was for people, his companions, to pray. Because prayer is the work. Because prayer is what moves God's hand. Because prayer is what, as Jesus is right now interceding for us, is what is absolutely having you, you from you from him through you and from him through him and to him are all things and you are agreeing with who he is and he's changing you in all the prayer and then he changes the circumstances as well so that he sees the end from the beginning and it doesn't only touch you it will touch others around you when you're going through a crisis situation it doesn't just touch you god's faithfulness touches so much more so much more. He wants to show his glory. Don't you remember? Overcomer. You're an overcomer, right? Take heart for I've overcome the world. You're an overcomer. Why? You're an overcomer in him, right? And then it's for his glory. It's for a bigger motive. It's for a bigger motive. It's for his glory. So he can be seen. So others can be changed. So others can come to know him. So others can go, whoa, that's impossible. And you're like, oh, no. No, no, no. I have a great big God. No, no, it's not impossible. All things are possible. Nothing's impossible with my God. You watch what he does. You watch what he does. It's always, don't, don't get so myopic that you go, oh, you know, why am I in this? It has nothing to do, it's, it's Lord, what do you want to teach me in this? What am I to learn in this? How are you showing your glory? How are you showing yourself in this crisis? Because I am just going to, Give it to you and watch you work. Watch you work. And as you do that, you're changed. You're changed. You're changed. And people watch you and people are changed. And they come to know him personally and passionately and powerfully. 
and preeminently over their lives, right? And so the battle was already won when Daniel and his friends were praying. That's when the battle was already won. Don't you remember? Where was Jesus' battle already won? Before he went to the cross. Right? The prayer closet, Garden of Gethsemane, right? Not my will but yours. 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 He was, he was, he was what? Sweating as though drops of blood. Right? I mean, what? What a crisis. What a crisis of belief at that point. Totally God, but totally man, without sin, going to the cross. But for the glory set before him, he endured the cross. That's how you endure your crisis. Right? That's what, that's what Daniel did. He just prayed. He's like, oh God, this is yours. I, this is yours. And I know that I know that you have your best plan and I am going to continue to pray, continue to work, continue to watch and watch what you're going to do. And he immediately ran to his friends. Because it's a privilege, ladies, to have praying friends. If you aren't praying with people about, you know, situations in your life, about, you know, your whatever God is just poured on your heart, and, and you are not running to people to pray and knowing that he absolutely has this answered in the heavenlies and you're joining him in that, ladies, you are missing the greatest blessing that he has for you. That's how you can walk in the joy of the Lord as your strength. Daniel wasn't all mopey wopey. You know what I mean? He he went in. He went in and said, "Hey, okay, you know what? Calmly, discreetly, right? This are you kidding me? He was taken from everything that he had known, everything, all his culture, all his family, his everything, put here, and he continued to be faithful to God, faithful to God, faithful to God. Overcomer now, overcomer now, overcomer now. He just continued on. It's when we pray, God works. When we work, we work. Right, and so he continued to pray. Right." In prayer meetings, history has been made. You know that, right? History's been made in prayer meetings. In your prayer closet, that's where it's made. That's where it's made. That's where you're transformed. That's where, that's where he's able to do exceedingly abundantly all that you can ask, think, or imagine. It's if you have faith. If you're going to pray wishy-washy like James says, toss like a wave at the sea, you're double-minded. You absolutely know his promises. You pray his promises. You know that that's who he is. Guess what? That's what happens. That's what happens. Those are his promises. And, you know, and, and at that point when, when, you know, when God is all you have, God's all you need, okay, in that situation, you know, you don't give up. You continue to storm the gates of heaven because you know that he has an answer. You know that he's already gone before. You know that. And you're watching him work. You're watching him do more than you could ask. Exceedingly abundantly. More than you could ask or imagine. So, you know, they're praying concerning this secret because nobody would know this except God, the Holy Spirit in him, okay? So Daniel had confidence. Daniel had confidence that God could do this unprecedented miracle. Had it ever been done before? Never. Unprecedented miracle. And Daniel goes... Choose me. Choose me. Eyes going to and fro the earth, right, looking for something. Choose me. I'll walk into this. Choose me. Okay? Um, because I know who you are. Unprecedented miracle. Okay, in other words, he had never seen this before. But he knows God's faithfulness. And he knows who he can trust, okay? He, he you know, Joseph had interpreted dreams, remember? Okay, but I had shared with you, he had never told the dream. 
but he interpreted dreams, okay? Okay, but he had never reconstructed the dream. And of course, he's praying that they might not perish, <laughs> that they might not die, okay? Because that's a pretty big thing at stake that they're praying about, because Nebuchadnezzar is going to now, what? Cut them into pieces, okay? So he's praying that they might not die, okay? So there's little doubt that their prayers are extremely earnest. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking pretty much. You know, Corey Tenboom kind of prayer, what do you think? Right? Just just extremely earnest, okay? And and you know what God does with that? He listens to earnest prayer. He bends his head. He bends his head. He listens. It's a it's a, it's an absolute aroma of incense to him. Oh please. He loves that. He loves when you run to earnest prayer. Earnest prayer. He says, I got this. I got this. I'm so thankful you're on into me. I'm so thankful that you know it's me that can do this. I'm so thankful you're not looking around at all the rationalization and, and reasoning and all the other things with your you know, mind or with your body or the physical or this is or what the world says. I'm so glad you're looking at me because I have this. I have this and I have the best plan. So what do you, what do you earnestly pray about? Or what do you need to earnestly pray about. There needs to be such a driven earnestness in our prayer for those around us, for those who might be not walking with Jesus, for those who don't know Jesus, for those... um, you know, for for our country, you know. For, I mean, you, you mean the, it needs to be with earnestness, and the earnestness can only come from the fact that you know Him. So you can't pray earnestly unless you are leaning on the object upon which you place your faith, and you know that He will never, ever, ever fall. I wrote about that in this morning's uh, devotional called Leaning on uh, margofiesler.com that I used to lean on a whole bunch of different stuff. People, you know, things, lean, and the more I leaned on them, the more I leaned on them, you know what happened? The whole big domino effect would happen because they weren't permanent. There, w- there wasn't any, there was no solid ground that I could lean on. Everything was sinking sand I could lean on until I started walking with Jesus. And the more you lean on him, the more you draw near to him, he draws near to you. The more you know him, the more you love that he knows you, right? You can lean super, super hard and he goes, oh yeah, I love that. That's why I'm here. That's who I am. I got this. I got this. I have it. And Daniel knew he could lean into God Almighty. So he continued to lean. He continued to walk. He continued. Uh, and then he asked that he would not perish. Yes, sweetheart. Availeth much. Amen. 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 The earnest that's King James Version, very good. The earnest prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Availeth much, right? I mean you, you continue to pray, you continue to pray, you continue to pray, you continue to pray, and you watch him work, you watch him work, you watch him work. And and ladies, it might not be in your timing, it might not be in the way you think it's going to be. Uh, but It's exactly what he needs, not only for your good, but for the others around you and for his glory.
right? Because it will always draw you deeper. And as you get deeper, nothing and no one is going to be able to rattle your faith. You know, things can come along like great big monsters. You see those waves? Did you see those waves with Sandy? Did you see? I mean, even as far as Chicago and Milwaukee and Lake Michigan, did you see that? Those can slap you in the face and you know what you'll do? Nothing will rattle you. You'll stand right there. Because you're standing on his promises. Not on all the problems, you see, but you're standing on his promises. Because you're trusting in the unseen, like Daniel did. He trusted in the unseen. Did he see what was going to happen? No, he trusted in the unseen. And so God reveals, in verse 19, God reveals Nebuchadnezzar's dream and its interpretation and division. Uh, excuse me, to Daniel. So, then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Okay, in a night vision. Okay, so, so here, the secret's revealed to Daniel. I love this, right? Praise and praise and praise. Guys, I'm sure, up all night praying and everything, and Daniel goes night-night. Right? I got I to gotta take a snooze, man. I, I got to be ready because God's telling me this. You know, I, I got to be ready. So he goes to sleep, and there you go, in a night vision. God goes, here you go, Daniel. Here you go, Daniel. And you guys, this is not religion. This is revelation. Okay, and that's how we always come to know him. Not in religion. Religion is us trying to, right, religion is what the goons are trying to do. Right? Trying to reach some kind of God, a higher being, something, 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 something. Trying to, you know, appease him, trying to do whatever kind of stuff. Right? That's religion. Revelation is how you come to him in the first place. First you're blind, then you see. Right? First you're blind, then you see. It's his revelation. Blind, see. Blind, see. Blind, see. It's his revelation. His imputed righteousness upon you. And then you accept that as a gift. And you say, yep. My sin put you on the cross. And now I am forgiven. And I walk free in that. That's the same thing. It's revelation, okay? The secret was revealed to Daniel not because Daniel was doing hocus pocus and this, this, and all this kind of reach him and everything. No! He trusted him. He knew who he was. He knew his faithfulness. He knew him. You know why? Because he'd already purposed in his heart. He'd already done that for years and years and years and years. He didn't have to, he knew, he knew that God would come through for him. He knew. And you know, if, if he didn't, then he knew that that was God's will as well. He absolutely knew that. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as we'll get into later in Daniel, when they're standing in the fiery furnace, they say, you know what? We know that God will deliver us, and you know what? And if he doesn't, we'll praise him as well. Because that's who he is. That's who he is. Okay, and so... You know, Daniel did not need to find it out, find out this secret, find out this dream, okay? God, self-revealing God, revealed it to him. Revealed it to him. I need a Kleenex, guys. Um, The self-revealing God revealed, or a napkin, thanks, uh, revealed it to him. That's who he is. He he reveals, he initiates. Remember in the beginning, thanks, sweetie. Remember in the beginning, uh, we learned that God um, initiates... God absolutely initiates. Then what does he do? He continues what to reveal and, and purpose and plans, and he continues to do it. That's who he, he is. Initiates, prepares, does. Okay, and then, so that's what he's doing with Daniel. Night vision, right? Daniel didn't find it out. God revealed it to him. God revealed it to him, okay? And, and as I just mentioned, Christianity begins with the principle of revelation. Right? What we know about God is what He has revealed to us. He is the self-revealing God. He reveals that to us. The more we seek Him, the more we find Him. 
Right? The more Philippians 3.10 says, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship and sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him is death. So that I can attain to the resurrection of the dead. It's revelation. It's nothing, it's nothing that you seek after as, as being glory. It's what he does in you. He reveals. What we know about him, he has revealed to us. We actively seek him, but we seek him after he has revealed. Are you following me? He has to continue to reveal. That's what we know he initiates. That he's the hound of heaven. That he's always gone after you. That before you knew Jesus as your savior, he was always going after you. He's going after your kids. He's going after everyone. Because he doesn't want anybody to perish, but to all to come to know him, Second Peter says, right? And so we actively seek him, but we seek what he has revealed. Our job isn't to figure things out about God, but to understand what he's already revealed to us. And guess what? Here's his revelation. This is his complete revelation. The, the end of Revelation, book of Revelation says, this is it. There'll be no more, there's no less. This is it, it's closed. This is the revelation of God. God's love story to us. And this is how he reveals to us. Daniel was in the scripture all the time, praying all the time, right, just, for, just for a moment like this that he's in. Right, just for a moment like this. And that's, it's the same with us. It's the same with us. You purpose in your heart. You purpose in your heart. You, you resolve. Yes, sweetheart. And, and how many things? And all things. Excellent. And all things will be added to you. And so here he is in a night vision. Okay, we don't exactly know what it is. We don't know. It might have been a dream or a supernatural vision you know, that happened to him that night. But in verses 20 through 23, Daniel then praises God for the revelation. In other words, Daniel has this thankful heart, this grateful heart, right? Right? Be anxious in what? Nothing. Nothing but in everything, in prayer and petition, make your requests. But with thanksgiving, make your request known to him, right? And what happens? And the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Okay? So, thankful heart. He automatically praises him. He praises him. You think, you, do you think he could have been anxious? I mean, really? He's going to be cut to bits. All right? Do you, I mean, there could be... You know, if you're, not, if you're not pushing yourself into, Lord, I know you. I know you. This is your promise. This is what I stand on. This is, this is who you are. This is who you are. And continue to walk in that. Your, your fears are going to conquer you. But all through the Word of God, He says, fear not. And you know the only reason He tells you to fear not? Every single time. You study fear not. Every single time He tells you. The only reason you can fear not is because He says, I'm with you. Fear not. I'm with you. Fear not. I'm with you. That's the only reason He ever gives for us not to fear. He says, I'm with you. Because I'm way bigger than what's happening. It's way bigger. I've allowed it somehow for your good and my glory. And watch me work. And so he praises God. I love this. He, he, this is what he says in the Revised. You can follow along in 20 through 23. Okay. 
Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness, and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You've given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's demand. Ah, blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. You know, he knew as a thankful heart, you know, Hebrews 13, 15 says, Our sacrifice is to keep offering praise to God in the name of Jesus. Daniel knew that. Daniel knew that. Our sacrifice is to keep offering praise to God in the name of Jesus. No matter what. It's a sacrifice of praise. Sacrifice of praise. And did you notice the words here? God, He changes. He changes the times and the seasons. Okay, He removes. He removes kings and He raises up kings. He knows. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge so that He knows what is in the darkness. He knows. Okay, Daniel is praising God for His power and His might. And Daniel thinks of how God is in command of all things. Way more in command than that mighty supposed king Nebuchadnezzar. Right? He is totally in charge. And he's praising him even before he goes and tells King Nebi his dream and the interpretation. Okay. Usually what happens is we want to see the end result and see that it's gone our way. What we prayed for. Then we'll praise him. No. That's little faith. That's little tiny faith. Great faith praises him when the promises are. I praise you that this is your promise. I praise you that this is who you are. I praise you continually. He has not seen the results of this. He hasn't told Nebi yet. He could have done the whole coulda, woulda, shoulda, well, what if, and what, and what if he doesn't think that, and what if he says that, and what if you haven't prepared his heart, and what, I mean, he could have done all of that. He, it's not over with yet. He's praising him just because God's revealed the dream to him in a night vision. He's praising him. He's praising him because his promises. Period. That's great faith. Not because it's already a done deal. Not because you see that your kid is, is um, made all the way well. Or not because you see that your kid isn't defiant anymore. Or not because you see that you're out of your financial hole. Or not because you see that your husband, you know, um, you know, is, is being obedient and not having an affair or whatever. No, no, it doesn't mean any of that. You praise him in his promises. Before you see the end result, there's a great faith. There's a great faith, and that's what Daniel did, right? That's what Daniel did. Our level of faith, I wrote down, is often indicated by how long it takes us to start praising God. As I was studying, the Lord just had me write and write. Our level of faith is often indicated by how long it takes us to start praising God. In the midst of it, in the midst of the yuck, you start praising Him with thanksgiving because you know Him. Because you know Him. If we won't praise Him until the answer is in hand, then we don't have much faith. Greater faith is able to praise God when the promises are given and received. It's the promises. You don't even see the end result yet. It's the promises that you stand on. That you absolutely stand on. 
Daniel praises God for his communication to man as well. Notice he says he gives. He gives wisdom to the wise. He gives. He reveals. He reveals deep and secret things. In other words, he's praising God because God's revealing. He's self-revealing. He's communicating with man. He wants to share with us. And he tells us that he that he's praising him because he gives and he reveals. Okay, And all God's power and might were of little help to Daniel if God stayed silent. God's never silent. He's never, ever silent. He is always speaking. He's always speaking through creation. He's speaking through love gifts that he's given to us. He has left love gifts in this world for us so we can walk through this world. He's given us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always speaking to us. Even when we squelch him, he's like, I'm here. I'm here. Okay? Um, The Holy Spirit is a love gift that just keeps speaking to us. Creation. There, you know, it speaks aloud to us. Did I tell you when I was taking a walk the other day? What happened? What creation did? This is so cool. I am out and I'm just I am taking my prayer walk and, and I'm I'm praising the Lord and, and I'm 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 being quiet and I'm listening for him and and because uh, I said, Lord, I, I just I'm just going to praise you no matter what, because you're worthy to be praised. Just worthy to be praised. Doesn't matter what's going on in life, it's just you're just worthy to be praised. And I walk back in this area where we live over on um a lake, and then I walk back in this area where they haven't made a subdivision yet. So there's ponds, and there's you know, different kinds of um, swampy kind of trees, and different kinds of trees. And I said, Lord, because I know that I know that if I don't praise you enough, that the fields and the trees will even clap their hands. And then I got really quiet, and I stood there, and the wind picked up like I have never seen or heard, and all the trees clapping their hands. You know those trees that have like a silver dollar kind of a look? They're sort of and they're, they just it was deafening. It was deafening. And I stood there. Who am I? Who am I? Here you are clapping. The trees are clapping their hands. I fell down. I fell down before him. I'm like, oh God, you are so personal. You are so imminent. You are so everything to me. For me to just be walking and praising and praying, and you allow me to hear the trees of the field clap their hands. Oh. I've always sung that. I've always this. And I, and I thought, oh God, and now I've experienced what you mean. That they they just clap their hands. I mean, it was it was deafening, and it was it was bright sunlight. I felt like one of those pictures where you see somebody after I you know had fallen down and praised him. You know, I, you you see those pictures are like like this before the Lord. It was it was as if he had just scooped me up in his hands. Amen. And you guys, God doesn't stay silent. Is that in scripture? Oh yeah. Yeah, some. Yeah. I don't. But look up clap in concordance. Yeah. It'll be on the website. Isaiah it is. I'm wrong. You're right. It's Isaiah. It is Isaiah. Thank you, dear. You're right. It's Isaiah. I, I, I just, I, I marvel at how he, how personal he is. I marvel at how, how imminent he is. How, how the, the God of the universe will stoop to me, this little dust ball, and allow me to join in his glory just for a second. 
That's in the Psalms too. You stoop down to make me great. To make me great. I know. Isn't that, isn't that the best? In, okay, here it is, sweetie bug. Linda, honey. Read it, sweet bug. You shall go out with joy and be let out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the fields shall clap their hands. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is a beautiful song. Isaiah 55. Oh, yeah, a great old praise song. I'll, I'll put it on the website. Probably, I'll probably do my uh, devotional about that tonight. That's a very good idea. Uh, but, but I want to tell you, God doesn't stay silent. You know, you seek Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He reveals Himself. You guys, He, he wants to reveal Himself to you. He wants to come to you. He wants to show you Himself. That's who He is. But we're the ones who shut Him out. We're the ones who shut Him out. You know, and Daniel is grateful... That, that he has, God has revealed his great knowledge and he just pours out his praise. And, and then Daniel ends up saying in 23, You have given me wisdom. You have made known to me what we asked of you. Okay, Daniel had the certainty of faith to believe that God gave him the answer even before confirming it before Nebuchadnezzar. Right? Certainty of faith. How is your faith? How's your faith? He's given you a measure of faith. And it's ours to grow it up. And it's ours to grow it up. Okay? I'm telling you that God's work is best seen in humanly impossible situations. Right? Oh, yeah. God's work is best seen in humanly impossible situations. He goes, okay, I'll bring you to this cliff, but watch me work. Watch me work now. Watch me. Amazing. Amazing. Amazing stories. Even the doctors are saying they shouldn't have lived through that. You know, they're saying they shouldn't have lived. Okay. You know, so when you when you're up against that, you learn to trust him completely because it's either that or what or what. Right? You either learn to lean into him and trust him completely, or what? And then also, you know, the most effective source of stability is prayer. The most effective source of stability is prayer and praying with others. Praying with others. Having the host. Did you love that new uh, Chris uh, Tomlin song? Uh, 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 God's. Um, Army of angels is always on my is always by my side. God's army is always by my side. I, I mean, it, you, you are always praying. We are we are to pray unceasingly. We're going to be an attitude of prayer continually as we walk this. And, and thirdly, what we learn from this is when God works, then there's you know it's there's only room for praise, no pride. When God works, there's only room for praise, no pride. If you notice, Ariok had gone, well, you will notice next week, Ariok goes before King Nebian goes, Hey! I found him! I got him! He's the guy! He knows your dream and he can interpret it! I found him! I got him! And Daniel's like, Oh no. There's no, there, there's no pride in this. This is all God. All God. None of me. Self-revealing God. I just get the incredible opportunity to trust him. No pride here. All his glory. All his glory. See, that's Daniel. That's Daniel. 
You praise Him in the storm before you see the outcome of it. You praise Him. Because He's worthy to be praised. Because He has it. Because He changes you. Because you know that you don't want the glory. He wants the glory. Because you know that as you continue to overcome, that's who He is. He can't do anything else but. Even when you don't see it. You guys, Daniel didn't see with his eyes. All he saw with his eyes would be fear, would be... Um, you know, why am I here? How does this affect me? This isn't this isn't what I was called for. This I mean, he could have he could have continued to look every which way and and been full of fear, full of worry, full of himself. And he didn't. He looked through his eyes of faith because he had resolved in his heart that that's what he walk. That's how he's going to walk. That no matter what comes along, I'm going to. Run for the prize. How are you walking? How are you walking? Is, are, you, are you praising him in his promises before you even see the deliverance? That's great faith. That's great faith. Because you know who he is. He can't be anything but. And if you're not, ask him for forgiveness. Tell him, you know what? Repent. Turn around. Start over with him again. Right? Start over with him again. So that you can run that race. So that you can continue to take heart. For I've overcome the world. In this godless world, there's going to be all kinds of trouble. But take heart. I have overcome it. So you're an overcomer. Right? Just like Daniel. I mean, now I know why God led me to to, uh, study Daniel so much. Because I, you know, I, I always thought about the apocalyptic area of Daniel. But now I know why. Because... Um, of faith because of where we need to be because of the undergirding because of, of you know nothing no one and nothing is going to touch him inside of God's will he's absolutely where he's supposed to be in the worst of circumstances amen 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 so are you guys ready I mean are you ready because that's that's where we're here I mean he's appointed us for now he appointed Daniel for then he appoints us for now this isn't about to go oh yeah boy sure we should have the faith of Daniel you're supposed to have the faith of Daniel same God <clears throat> Different circumstances, right? Can hardly wait to talk to him, huh? Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. The more you get to know the the people of the Bible, the more you can hardly get to be with them. You know, I mean, you know, you just just you know want to share with them, right? I'll be waiting at Daniel's one of his doors. Yes, and he always does because he he's the self-revealing God, right? It's when we seek him, we know him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Amen. Amen. Let's close. Lord Jesus, we just uh, we just thank you uh, that you are the one who initiates. You are the one who goes before. You are the one who prepares. You are the one who does. Uh, and that from you and through you and to you are all things. And so, Lord, we confess that uh, at times we are just frail creatures uh, that uh, are not walking in the power of of who you are in the power of your faith of seeing it as already done as knowing that you have already gone before us Lord help us to already be praising you the sacrifice of praise is in the promises is in the promises without even seeing the results yet but just in your promises because you cannot fail you cannot fail because you are faithful you cannot deny yourself because you are God And so, Lord, um, 
forgive us for misconceptions that we have of you, for, for um, ways that we've tried to put you in a box, and ways that we've uh, tried to have you answer our prayers a certain way, God. Uh, help us to recklessly abandon ourselves to who you are. The object upon which we place our faith matters, and that is you. That is you. It is not the world system. It is not uh, others. It is not um, a philosophy. It is not anything. It is you, Yahweh God, who has provided a way for us to walk in the joy of the journey through your Son, Jesus Christ, and your blood so that we could live as you looking at us without any sin because of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for teaching us uh, what it means to have not my will but yours be done. Thank you for teaching us that it's in the prayer closet that the battles are won. And help us to remain steadfast and earnestly pray and watch you sweep your hand and topple down mountains in our life. I love you, Lord. I thank you for these women. I thank you for uh, Ida being here, Lord God. Just take these women this week and just bless them. Just allow you to be your voice heard. You are never silent. You are continually speaking. May we be in your word. May we hear from you through creation, through the body of Christ, through our circumstances. Through prayer. Lord, those are such love gifts that you've left for us, and, and especially through the Holy Spirit. So, Jesus, uh, help us to be a Daniel. Help us to be a Daniel this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.